you have called by your name and you have blessed and called good. So we thank you now for the fullness of your kingdom being manifested in your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. And it was good. talking on the same area that we've been in for a long time. I know that uh, we started in Galatians several weeks ago, months, if you will. 
Now we're into the book of Ephesians, which is on the same theme. And on that theme, it is about the unity of the body. And that's what we've been talking about. We're now just getting a little deeper in. So in Ephesians chapter 4, where we stopped last week, we talked about the gifts. We were about to talk about the gifts. If you recall, we said that uh, Christ, after he ascended back to the Father, he gave gifts to men. Amen? So the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, and he himself, that is Christ, gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to, here's that word again, the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith, which is different than the unity of the spirit that we've been talking about and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, and I'll talk about our children's church, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effectual working by which every part, every part does its share every part, its share, cause growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is finding your place in the exclusive church. Inclusive church. I said exclusive. Inclusive. <laughs> finding your place in the inclusive church. Inclusive meaning all so everybody has a place in the church. You just have to find it. Amen. You can be seated. So we said last week that after Christ ascended, after he had fulfilled all the prophecies that were spoken about him, and after he had divinely ordained, completed his divinely ordained redemptive task, he gained the right to rule in the church. In other words, everything that he did, he had to complete in order to have the right to have the authority in and over his church. Amen? And that completion gave him the right to give gifts. If you look at Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient 
unto the death. Now notice the, the, the phraseology here. The Bible says that he was a man, but we know he was all God. The Bible said he humbled himself, amen, and then he became what? Obedient. Now we, we have told you over and over, and I keep repeating it for emphasis, that obedience is the result of being able to submit or humbling yourself. And the Bible says, unto death, even the death on the cross. In other words, if he has stopped short of what God had called him to do, then he would not have the authority to give you the gifts to do what you do. Verse 9 says, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And I would love to talk to you on what's in a name, but that's not my topic today, so I'm going to move on. That at the name of Jesus, ah, I do have to say one thing about that. At the name of Jesus, when we call ourselves Christians, the literal translation is Christ ones. So we use that name when we identify ourselves. And if we identify ourselves that way, listen, I want to tell you, anything you say you are, everything that you say you are, must match who you really are. So if I say I'm a Christ one, I should be able to what? Display who Christ is. So the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow on things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. So when we say Jesus is Lord, that means that he's Lord of everything, including my circumstance. And that also means that if he's Lord of his church, he has the right and the authority to give gifts to his church. And we have to remember, the Bible says, that he has the sovereign authority to assign gifts to those who he called. It's important that you understand that. If he called you, he has the right to assign a gift to you. And what gift he assigns to you, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is strictly up to him. But Romans chapter, no, let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, and then I'll go back, I'll back up to Romans. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible says uh, in verse 5, having predestined us. So what is he saying? He's saying that somewhere in eternity, he decided that he would create you. And verse 11 says, in him we have obtained an inheritance, being what? Predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So somewhere the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had a meeting, and they decided that we're going to need a you. And then he called you. Amen. In time, Romans chapter 8. Back up just a little bit. Romans chapter 8. 
In Romans chapter 8, look at verse 28. Y'all know that verse. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are what? Called according to his purpose. So why were you called? And the Bible says, watch this in verse 29, for whom he foreknew, the Bible says, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, and I have to tell you that that's talking about sistering too. <laughs> so you're conformed to the image of the one who called you. And then look at verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, he justified, and these he also glorified. Now, I don't know if you understand that verse, but let me just help you with one minute. The Bible says, if he called you in eternity and then brought you forth in time, then he gave you a purpose for being here, the Bible says. And when that purpose was established, the Bible said, the first thing that that tells us is that we have to get saved, justified. And then he said, he also glorified. What does that mean? That means that I stayed saved till the end. Are y'all seeing this? So the Bible says that I have a reason to be here. Christ came so that he could give me my gift. I'm here because I, I came to get my gift. I'm only here because Christ needed me. Are y'all still with me? Oh, y'all, wake up now. I had to get up early. You all had to now. So the Bible says, come on. The Bible says then that uh, those he called into service into his church, he, is, he established offices for them. Now, these offices he, he also furnished with, with officers. In other words, the gifts that we're looking at are offices in the church that Christ feel for the church. In other words, he called gifted men to be leaders in his church. Are y'all still with me? So the Bible says there are three kind of office bearers in the church. Let's look at them one at a time. The first, of course, the Bible says apostles and prophets, apostles and prophets. And why does that become the first one? Because that office works throughout the entire church, the universal church. Are y'all still with me? Now, that universal church is what I call uh, 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 the invisible church. That's the church of those who are here now, those who are gone, and those who will be coming. Amen? And then the Bible says, then he, came, he said that some were evangelists. These who were people are people who are not confined to one place, but they carried out a wandering ministry in the church. In other words, evangelists go from place to place, not necessarily in a church, but to bring people into a church. Are y'all still with me? And then there were the pastor teacher whose ministry was a local ministry and it was confined to one congregation and one place. Look at me. Say this with me. One congregation and one place. Say it one more time. Now that's going to be important to you as we go through this. 
And you'll figure it out as we, we carry on. So the Bible says then that these teachers uh, were also called pastors, and the Latin word is shepherd. Now today's evangelists are what we call obstetricians. They prepare for birth, and they bring people in. But the pastor is the pediatrician. He takes care of the children when they come in. Are you awesome? So the Bible says that the shepherd in the New Testament was the one who cared for the flock, who led the sheep into safe places, and he was also uh, the man who sought the sheep when they wandered away. And, you know, this is important. Uh, 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 leaders in the church should always go after those who are not in their rightful place. How long should you search for them? Some people don't want to be found. Now, last week we talked to you about the lost things. You may remember we said that the coin was lost in the house. You all remember that. But now you also remember two things, and I don't have time to get, it, get into this morning, but the reason that it was so hard to find the coin is because the house was dark and it was dirty. And I'll stop with that. So Paul then was looking uh, to the church basically as, <laughs> as having two levels. He says, first, he saw the body of Christ as made up of true believers gradually growing into their spiritual maturity. In other words, he said, this is a universal body. And, and in other words, when a church in Chicago grows up to its purpose, then a church in New Bern will be able to share that same purpose. Because we are Okay, let me just. <laughs> so why is it that these churches all over the place aren't together? Why are they not one? If they have the same purpose, the same head, the same doctrine, what's wrong? Listen to me. I've said this at the beginning. If the foundation is off, the building's going to be off. And you can, you can, you can. You can dress up a church, but sometimes you can't take it nowhere. <laughs> what you mean by that, Pastor? The origin of the church is important. See, when we, as African Americans, when we think of church, we think of people who walk in righteousness and holiness. That doesn't involve owning other people. When the foundation is off, then the building is off. So the way that people see us is different because they saw us that way from 
the beginning. And in order for us to be seen as the same, then somebody's got to repent. It's difficult to have a building that's built on sand and the sand is constantly shifting. That's also why, I don't know why y'all do this to me every week. Do this to me. This is also why in America we have to remember that when we see people with hate speech in the name of Christ, we realize that that's a wrong spirit and we should not be associated with it because the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Can I say one more thing without getting in any real trouble? I'm already in trouble. When it comes to how we look at criminal justice in this country, you have to remember that laws were made by imperfect people who had personal biases. In this country, we have two kinds of laws. I think I've taught this before. Mala in se and mala prohibita. That's Latin. Malense means that something is wrong because it's wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong. It's wrong to kill another person. Doesn't matter if the person is slave or free, black or white, it's wrong to murder. Everybody knows that. That's called malense. That law is the result of what the church brought from England to America. And then we have another form of laws called malaprohibitive. That's because some things we have to make laws that say it's wrong. It is not necessarily wrong for everybody. Jim Crow. So what are you saying when you have that as your foundation for a nation, then you have to change some things if it's going to be equal for everybody. So, if the church is one, then it should have the same ideals, the same thoughts, and the same love toward one another. So when folks ask you, what's wrong with the church? It starts with me. Each one of us is responsible. And that is how I get back on track, because that is the lesson. And don't y'all get me off anymore. So the second thing Paul says here is that he sees the local body as being uh, uh, believers ministering to one another and growing together and experiencing unity. Now. Here's an illustration I want to show you. And, and I read this and I thought this was really good. So good that I want to share it with you. 
this pastor had this experience. He said a freelance missionary visiting uh, his local church asked for financial support. You know, we get them all the time coming through wanting some support. He said to the, the missionary, what group are you associated with? And the man replied, I belong to the invisible church. The pastor said, well, what church are you a member of? He again said, I belong to the invisible church. So the pastor, getting a little concerned, says, when does the invisible church meet? <laughs> Who passes this church? And the missionary became a little bit upset, and he said, well, your church isn't the true church because it's not the real church. He said, I belong to the universal church, the invisible church, and the pastor said to him, I tell you what then, here's some invisible money to help you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I had to change the mood. Is that all right? <laughs> the idea is that you can't deny that there is an invisible church because we just said there's a church that's gone before us. There's a church that's coming after us. But it's the visible church that gives meaning to the invisible church. Do you understand that? It's what you do that either carries on a tradition or creates a new tradition to be carried on by your children, children's children. Are y'all still with me? Let me get back. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. So the Bible goes on to say this, then, uh, this unified body of believers is called to be mature and full-grown, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. That's why in verse 13 and 14, you see the term we. So when the Bible says, uh, 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 look at verse 13, first of all. Let me get back to my page. It says in verse 13, till we. And verse 14 said, that we. And he's talking about us as being a part of the body of Christ. And when we see that we are an integral part of the body, it says that every believer must be a part of the entire body. Just because you and Usher don't mean you can't associate with the praise and worship team. Hmm? And you can't sit in your Usher's post in the back and talk about the praise and worship team up front about how they think they're better than everybody else because they're up on the stage. I know that doesn't happen, though, anymore. <laughs> so, so, so the metaphor means that the church, as Christ's church, must match the head in growth and maturity. That's why the Bible says that we grow up into all things to him who is the head. So then, as I grow in grace, as I grow in my faith, I must grow at the rate that Christ has predestined me to grow. In other words, I must be mature for the place and the time that I'm here. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, 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 no, listen, I, I really don't think you do understand what I'm saying. I have to be mature. In other words, if I was in uh, 
in one of those children's churches, I may know everything. Do you understand? I may be able to go to that church and preach. But it doesn't mean that I am where I need to be. It just means I'm further here than they are. But you may be retarded here. You understand what I'm saying? See, a lot of people can talk to talk, but they can't walk to walk. And if you can talk to talk, but you can't walk to walk, folks who are less knowledgeable of the word than you won't know that you're not walking. Y'all still with me? So you sit down and have a conversation with somebody who's in a church that's not teaching. Then you look like you're the sharpest tack on the board. When in reality, you're about one fry shy of a Happy Meal. So, <laughs> yeah. So we grow so that we can do what? We can equip the saints. I cannot equip the saints by standing here on Sunday and Tuesday and giving you 30, 45 minutes. That does not equip you. That does not equip you. Listen to me. That does not equip you. But when you begin to share what you receive, that equips the entire body. See, ministry, that's why you have these gifts. You are supposed to be able to share with one another so that you grow up while you're sharing. Right? Look at 2 uh, Timothy chapter 3. The Bible says this, uh, but evil men seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, but continue thou in these things which thou hast learned and has something flying around in here. <laughs> See how easy your pastor gets distracted. <laughs> but continue thou in these things which thou hast learned uh, as has been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them. Now here's what I say to you. Pastor, excuse me, saints, do not call a pastor and pay him to do the work. Let me say that one more time. Saints, do not call a pastor and pay him to do the work. They are called to follow his leadership as he, through the word, equips them to do the job. It goes on to say in verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Verse 15, all scriptures given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. That, verse 17, the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The body of Christ is supposed to edify itself. It's supposed to grow together. Now, one of the things that we know about this, this human body is that everything is connected. If there's a pain in your toe, somehow it finds a way to your head to tell you, ow. Isn't that amazing? So the Bible goes on to say then, wow, <laughs> that this does not speak of perfection. In other words, you're never going to be perfect, but of growth. When the Bible talks about perfection, that word is translated maturity. 
So the Bible says that children grow into adults, and then that means that as children in church, you should grow into full-grown adults in the ministry. So these gifted leaders are supposed to equip uh, the saints for the work of ministry unto the building of the body of Christ. In other words, the reason that we have leaders in church is to teach people to become leaders in church. Somebody asked me one time, they said, Pastor, you only have a certain leader, uh, number of leaders. I, how can I ever get to be one if there's only a certain number? Now I'm going to give you an answer to that question, and I hope you're mature enough to handle it. Help the one that's in the place to move. You help that person to move up. And that creates a place for you. It don't come by wishing and hoping. Amen. If you want to be a good deacon, then you. I was getting ready to point over to the wall. He ain't there. <laughs> Why y'all do that to me? You keep moving. <laughs> Then you follow a Wallace. You follow Wallace long enough, Wallace becomes a minister. Huh? But you got to keep following him because you keep pushing him up. Create a spot. Now, I know that I know y'all are looking at me, and they're looking at me strange, but in every organization in the world, every company, if it's Walmart, or if it's Dollar General, doesn't matter. Everybody moves up when they are successful at what they do. If you want me to be good at, at managing a Dollar General, then I expect you to come with more dollars. If my sales, not, not. See, sometimes you spiritualize everything. Like in, 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 in the natural world, you, you, you're the smartest person in the world. You come to church, and all of a sudden, I was going to have a brain failure. How about that? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Amen. So the Bible goes on to say this. Whew. The members of the church grow by feeding on the word and then ministering to each other. What? Let me say it again. The members of the church grow by feeding on the word and then ministering that word to each other. Now, saints have this thing they say, and I don't know where they learned it, but I'm telling you, forget this, okay? Folks say, I know that. Shut up. You, no. If somebody's trying to tell you something, listen. Huh? How many of you have been in a class where the teacher gives a test and say, make sure you read the instructions before you do anything? And then you read the instructions and say, sign your name and turn the paper in. 
but you already know it's a test, and it's got questions. This is why it's hard for saints to minister to one another because we won't listen to what the person is saying and that person may have just about that much revelation that we need. Even though we heard everything they said before is that one little thing they didn't say the last time that changes our life. The word until indicates that there's a process. Look at verse 12. The Bible says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ. But in verse 13 says, till or until, whichever. Now, what does that mean? That means that it's a process. It's a what? It's a process. It's a process. What does it mean when we say it's a process? That it means that we have to continue until a certain end is achieved. I go until I reach that point. The Bible says that when believers arrive at unity, Philippians 3 and 11, Philippians 3 and 11. Uh, let me find it. I got it somewhere. Yeah. It says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Watch this. I arrive at the point where I understand that it is the resurrection of Christ that gave me the power to be. What? Whatever I was called to be. It's resurrection power, not dying power. The power is in the, re it's the getting up. The Bible says when he got up, he got up with all power. So when I understand it's the resurrection, then I, I have arrived at my understanding that because I was resurrected, I was raised with him. That's why when Paul prays, he says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Where? In heavenly places. I'm there so I can receive because I'm there. I was raised with him. And this is, this is a situation when I understand, when I arrive at a destination, in other words, I get to the place that I have understood what the word said to me about what I'm supposed to do, then I can do it. Until then, I'm strictly operating on head knowledge. It's not real. Amen? Now, notice this, that the unity of the spirit must be maintained. In other words, Christ has already made us one. But the Bible says unity of our faith must be attained. So unity of the spirit must be maintained, keeping the unity of the spirit. But unity of our faith must be attained. That's something I'm striving to do. In other words, I have to keep growing till I believe what the word says. Look now, and then I got to go one step further. I got to believe what it says to me. And then I can't stop there. I got to go one, must, one more step, as folks say. I got to believe what it says for you. Amen. It's not enough for me to believe it for me if I can't help you. Amen. That's what growth is. That's what growing up is. I got to believe what I've received till it's real to me so I can make it real to you. 
much time I got. Let's see if I can get through this today. I doubt it, but we're going to try. So the Bible says the unity of faith means a unity of belief in Christ himself, and this belief relates intrinsically to our knowledge of him. In other words, how much do I know about him? It's not what, listen, it's not what somebody has told me about him. How much do I really know about him? What has he done to show me that this is real? This is real. Amen? So the Bible says that the goal then, is, it, it means making, uh, a, making us a united group to live out and proclaim our faith. And then he shows us some evidence. And this is what I want to close with, uh, uh, evidence. The first evidence of spiritual growth is Christ-likeness. 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 Now, Stephen Alford writes in his book, The Way of Holiness, we cannot personally reveal Christ until we have received Christ. But if there is a genuine experience of the indwelling Savior, then we have a supreme responsibility to reveal Christ consciously, conspicuously, and continuously in every area of our life. Christ-likeness means that Jesus said, the Bible said Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The second evidence is stability. Stability. If you look at verse 14, you'll see that. But the Bible says the maturing Christian is not tossed about in every religious novelty that comes along. Oh, there's a new church, and that church doesn't require you to come. You can sit home. Oh, there's a new church. They don't need your tie. Oh, there's a new church. You don't even have to put no clothes on for that church. Everybody's got a gimmick. Huh? Come to my church. I'll give you $5. Come to my church. I'll give you a gift card. Come to my church. I'll give you a car. My church. My church. My church. You are mature. You're not moved. Come on, Amen. by gimmickry. Amen. Are y'all still with me here? So the Bible says that you're not moved and tossed by every novel that comes along. There are religious quacks waiting to kidnap God, God's children and get them in a false cult. And they do that. Now watch this. Here's what I, I <laughs> this is my writing. So these false teachers try to capture immature Christians and the reason for this, of course, is that when they get them in these children's churches, they don't need, they, I mean, they don't feed the people the word of God. And see, what happens is when they get into these situations where there's no requirements, you know, people say, well, well, that's, that's, that's law, and this is grace, and grace says we don't have to do anything. Well, why don't you ask Jesus that when he was hanging on the cross? Listen, they say you ain't had to do nothing. Now, what kind, what, listen, what, what kind of Bible are you studying where it doesn't require anything of you? Huh? How many of y'all had jobs that don't require anything of you? They pay you for being you. They don't require anything. Not even that. Not, 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 you don't even have to be a job. What about social organizations? Any group, uh, uh, sororities, fraternities. You don't have to do nothing. All you have to do is just be. I don't think so. 
Everything in life requires something of you except church. And this is what children's church is all about. They get you in a situation where you think, oh, I don't have to get up in the morning because uh, we don't have church at 1230. And then when it comes around, say, well, oh, we don't have to go to church except this Sunday because they don't, you know, they want you to have two Sundays to go visit. Oh, y'all think I'm making this stuff up. And all across America, there are churches, other churches, that 11 to 12. If you don't get it in one hour, you just can't get it. Must be something wrong with you. You can't get it in an hour. That means prayer, praise, worship, offering, altar call, message. And y'all wish that that was the case here. The third, evidence, <laughs> the third evidence of maturity is truth joined to love. Speaking the truth in love, verse 15, uh, it has been well said that the truth without love is brutality, but love without truth is hypocrisy. Children don't know how to blend truth and love. Let me say that one more time. Children don't know how to blend truth and love. Why do you say that, Pastor? Well, I'm going to read this next sentence. They think that if you love someone, you must shield them from the truth, even knowing that the truth will hurt them. How, how are people going? See, this is what's wrong with the world. COVID-19 is because we don't have any immunity to anything. We ain't been exposed to nothing, so we don't know how to even fight off a germ. Amen. Look at here now. I, you know, I've been pastoring a long time, and, 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 and I'm telling you, this is an indictment to me and you all. I got to put me in it. Because we, 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 we pick children up and carry them around like they don't have no legs. I'm surprised that at two or three years old, they can still walk. Because y'all certainly didn't let them develop no leg muscles because here they go. Yeah, and I've done it too. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. But it's wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? It's wrong. And oh my God, don't let them get around no dirt. Oh my Lord. The best commercial on TV, this woman is sitting there and the child says, Mom, I hurt myself. She said, get a bandit. <laughs> said, but I really, it's really bad. She said, get two. <laughs> huh? When we were outside paying, what'd your mama say? Put some dirt on it. No, truth hurts, and sometimes you got to tell it. But you got to do it in love. And see, this is the problem. Don't tell me that this is going to be bad if you don't give me the alternative. Huh? If, I, if my heart's broken, you can tell me, hey, 
That's the way it is, but you're going to find somebody else. I had a joke, but I'm going to skip it because it ain't, ain't the right crowd. Proverbs 27 and 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Let me read that one more time. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. In other words, if you are my friend, tell me the truth. Huh? And sometimes, you know, when people come, they say, well, now this ain't going to feel good, but I need to tell you something. You know, like when you were in the world, you say, well, let me get a drink first. <laughs> so now you say, well, let, let, let me pray first. Some of y'all still say, let me get a drink. Uh, number four, number four. Number four is another form of evidence. It's called, uh, it, it says that maturity is cooperation. Verse 16, maturity is cooperation. The body cooperates with itself. We realize as members of the one body and the local church, we belong to each other. We affect each other, and we need each other. We need each other. Each believer, no matter how insignificant he may be, has a ministry to other believers. There's something that you can do for somebody else, no matter who you are. Amen. The problem here. Uh, and, and, and the church of I mean, uh, Ephesus is the same as it is in every church today. The problem is called assimilation. What's assimilation, Pastor? Assimilation means that the false teachers include some truth in what they're teaching. Here's, here's one of those beliefs. You know, we say it this way in, in, in the modern church, it don't take all that. It don't take all that. Now, back when we were growing up in church, you stayed in church all day, amen, and then, look, you had a break to get something to eat, and then you went back to evening service. Matter of fact, I remember that when we were in church, we didn't leave the dinner table until it was time for the evening service because it took that long. You didn't get out of church at 3.30. By the time you got to a restaurant and got a meal, it was time to go back to church because at 6 o'clock we had evening service. Oh, y'all don't know nothing about that. See, but somebody said, don't take all that. Well, it did then. It may not take that today because y'all are smarter. <laughs> Wrong side. No, today we are more enlightened people, and because you more, are more enlightened, it does not take all day, but it still takes everything that you need, and that means that we still have to do what thus saith the Lord. You can't cut corners because you just don't like it. Come on, you shorten service because sometimes we do stuff that, that, that's not necessary. Amen. Sometimes we might not sing that song, you know, 35 verses. We might want to stop it too. Huh? That's 33 verses shorter. And then, you know, we got some people that have eternal songs. <laughs> they ain't talking about him. I'm talking about somebody else now. 
They have eternal songs. They go on forever. Hmm? <laughs> I ain't going to mention those songs because I'll be talking about people. And you know the last thing I want to do is talk about people. <laughs> so anyway, when you, when you mix the gospel with man's theory of what church ought to be, his philosophy about life, the Bible says you dilute the power of the word and therefore people don't grow. Now, come on. The Bible teaches us something, and, and science does too. Those of you who ever work with children, you know that if children aren't hell, if they're not feeling secure, they don't develop the same rate as healthy children. They don't. Amen. So we understand we need each other. And we need nurturing. We need caring. That's why love is so important in maintaining unity. Amen? So the Bible says that uh, 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 when people go around saying stuff like, you know, uh, <laughs> and I hate to use these phrases, but you know they're so popular in church today. The Lord showed me. The Lord told me. Now I'm going to tell you something. I don't have a problem with you hearing from the Lord. But I think he had, the first thing that he needed to do is he needed to straighten your raunchy life out before you start telling something. Come on. Oh, go. If the Lord told you, then he would tell you how to tell me in a loving manner, not. Because I'm telling you, the Lord didn't tell me that. Lord, somebody, somebody kidnapped your messenger on the way because I don't know who this fool is. <laughs> the Lord showed me. Yeah. So the Bible, let me close this. I'm over, I'm over my time. He says, forbearing one another in love. That's verse uh, 2 of chapter 4. Speaking the truth in love, verse 15. The edifying itself in love, verse 16. So love, then, is the circulatory system of the body. Now, Here's the one thing that I want you to see. And, uh, an isolated Christian cannot minister to others, nor can others minister to him. When you, when you, listen, when you're separated, you can't minister to anybody because, first of all, how are you going to minister to somebody when you can't get along with yourself? You isolated, shut off somewhere? Huh? Huh? The Bible goes on to say, uh, 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 and it's impossible for the gifts to be ministered either way. When a person is shut off, they can't receive. And then when they can't receive, they can't give you something because they didn't get it. If you get all your, your, your uh, 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 education from somebody you don't know and you can't ask them no questions, you're going to become a walking idiot. I was listening to Brother Copeland the other day. And what did he say to you when you asked him what that means? <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with brother now. Got to do with sister. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm closing. I really am closing. So then, 
spiritual unity is not something we manufacture. It's something that we already have in Christ and must, we must protect and maintain. Truth unites, but lies divide. Love unites, but selfishness divides. Amen? So to understand the church, all we have to do is look at our human body. The body is a living organized com organism composed of many parts working in harmony contribute to contribute to the whole. In other words, uh, if one of my vital organs stops functioning, so will my body. Do you understand that? If my kidneys quit, my body's going to quit. Now, the strange thing is that most people don't understand sometimes, and this is why we need to know the body and how it's like a body of Christ. You can have kidney failure and not know it. Do you understand? And at some point, it becomes a problem, and you say, oh, I didn't even know. Well, you really did know because there was something going on, but you didn't pay attention to it. Oh, 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 oh okay, all right. Now, Let's go on. Let's go on because I'm going to finish this. So, so then uh, it's many parts working in harmony uh, to contribute to the whole. The church is Christ's body, and the church will only grow and mature when all the parts operate in harmony or in unity. In other words, we don't grow up as a church, and we don't grow up as a people of God unless we mature together. Amen? So if you have a long range of personality, you'll be a feeble saint. What do you mean a feeble saint? You're going to be weak because can't nobody tell you nothing. Are you all still with me? And the body will suffer for it because if you're one of those people that you're connected to me but you're not receiving from me, it's like your finger. If it atrophies, it's going to die. Eventually, that, that finger or that leg or whatever is going uh, it's not receiving any, any blood, it's going to gangrene and die. And if they don't cut it off, you're going to die. We understand this, right? So if we understand this, then we understand how the body works. Amen? So, I'm going to close with this. The Bible says, until we grow up into all things, and it doesn't say something, all things. Now, all things does not mean that I know everything. But I know all things that pertain to what my, my destiny, my call, my position is. And when I grow up into that thing, then I become a vital, functioning part of the body. And when that happens, then the body gets stronger. And when the body gets stronger, then we can do more for and in the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Now, we're going to continue this next week. And, and, and uh, hopefully at some point in time, we'll, we'll finish, we'll land up in, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and, and, and stop when we get to marriage. I ain't going to go there. Somebody say, why, Pastor? Because I ain't trying to get all up in your house and y'all be blaming me. What well, the pastor said. No, we ain't going there, but we're going to stop short. Amen. So come on.